is Big Baby at FM I'm Curtis here. And it's Monday night. It's May the 10th. We're almost half the way through the month of May already, and that means that the year 2021 is just zipping by. In fact, it, uh, when I called Dr. Walden recently to line up his appearance tonight, I, I thought, boy, it seems like he was just here. And usually he comes every four or five weeks, a minimum of four and sometimes five weeks as we adjust the calendar. And John Sauter, our engineer, a producer, tells me we're having a little technical problem getting in touch with Dr. Walden tonight. It shouldn't be an extensive problem because I talked to Dr. Walden about 10 minutes ago. Uh, we always touch base before the program comes on to make sure that everything's all right since I'm working from home and he's working from home and so on. We're here every night on the Tom Kearney Show, uh, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10, with uh, 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 programs that we hope uh, are educational and uh, and entertaining. And uh, we do a little bit of serious stuff and sometimes not so serious stuff. And while we're waiting for for John to get in touch with Dr. Walden, which I hope doesn't take uh, very long. And if Dr. Walden is, uh, hears us on the radio, he can always call 860-9783. Tom, he's which, here. He's, you got him. All right. Okay. Uh, Dr. Walden. Hi, Tom. Hi. We were do- I was doing a little dance here while, uh, <laughs> while John was... It's better uh, you than me. I'm not yeah. a dancer. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I had faith. Uh, you and I, of course, had talked not too long ago. Dr. Mike Walden is the professor of economics emeritus. I believe that's the right way to say it. At uh, North Carolina State University, where he taught uh, from the late 70s until recently. And uh, he is still active as a scholar and uh, a teacher. Uh, I suspect there's, uh, that, that he will continue to do service to uh, talk to uh, NC State University, and he's going to continue to do service to us and fulfilling the partially the idea of the uh, land-grant university. Uh, he was one of those kind of professors that came out of the land-grant back of the 1860s, something that went on while the Civil War was going on that sometimes we miss. That's right. Uh, that's right, Tom, yeah. yeah. It, it, that, that's one thing I've always thought is a couple of things uh, – the Morrill Act or the Morrill Act, however you say that, uh, yeah, the land and the Land Grant Act, uh, are the ones that provided so much of the land in the West and provided for growth, all took place while everybody was looking the other way, so to speak. Uh-huh. But anyway, Dr. Walden is the William Neal Reynolds Professor of Economics, and he has been our guest virtually every month for about the last uh, 32 or 33 years, and we've been very pleased in that. And if you, if I talk about economics. I probably sound like him because I've learned most of what I've learned from him. And uh, uh, Truth in Broadcasting is the beginning of the show tonight. He's going to do most of the talking because he's the brains of this outfit, is that he gives me a cheat sheet. Uh, That's the truth. And uh, if I sound like I come up with intelligent questions, it's because he's told me what to ask him because he knows what's what's important. And maybe we'll have a, a moment or two somewhere tonight to to assess the uh, position of the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates in the world. And they're playing each other tonight, Tom. They're playing, oh, I was going to say, it it happens that Dr. Walden's favorite team and my favorite team are in the same division of the National League. Even worse, he tells me now, they're playing each other. They're playing each other at that beautiful Three Rivers Stadium, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, So we'll, we'll have to get John to check on the score and see what it is. 
But in any event, we're going to talk about the the economy. Uh, I can't remember exactly how I put it on the schedule today, but the, I think it says Dr. Walton appraises the the situation of the economy. And one of the things that even you know that I've heard about because sometimes I hear economic news and sometimes I don't. And last last week I've had couple of appointments and other things that have distracted me, so I haven't kept up with the, the news as well. But something uh, that, that has been talked about a lot, specifically internally, is the employment, I believe is the employment situation in the United yes, States. the labor market report. Every month uh, we get a labor market report. Uh, we get it at first from the national government, from the federal level, and that came out uh, this past Friday. A couple weeks later, we'll get it for the states, and we'll get North Carolina's report on Jan- on uh, May 21st. These reports are very closely followed, I think, for a couple reasons, Tom. I think, one, uh, there are a lot of economic indicators out there, but the one that I think pretty much everyone can understand and recognize is very important is, is jobs. So this report looks at the number of jobs, look at how jobs have been changing, uh, looks at various sectors in the economy, what sectors have had increases in jobs, decreases. Uh, this is the report that give us, gives us the unemployment rate, uh, et cetera. So we, we had a um, report this past Friday, which uh, on the face of it was, was very positive. We had 266,000 net new jobs created in the nation in um, uh, April. This is for the, for the month of April. The problem, Tom... And I should, I should back up and say that that continues a, uh, a long, a, a fairly lengthy period where we have had increases in jobs. In fact, if I could just probably retrace my steps just a little bit, a year ago um, we were getting the April report for 2020. That was by far the worst employment report we'd ever had, I think, in our nation's history. We saw 20 million jobs lost. In April of 2020, that was the height of what we now call the COVID-19 recession. Now, since then, we've had—I think we had a couple months where we had small drops in jobs, and since then, we've had comebacks in jobs. So this has been good. And so the fact that we had uh, 266,000 jobs, that new jobs created in April, on the face of that, that was good. The problem, or the or the issue, is that um, forecasters. Uh, people in my business, I don't, I don't make an independent forecast of, of these numbers, but, but there are a lot of people that do. We're forecasting that we would maybe gain a million, a million net new jobs at the national level, and it came in at 266,000. So the next day, the headlines were not about the gain in jobs; they were about why did we get so few jobs created? And in fact, the unemployment rate up uh, went up by one tenth of a percentage point from six to six point one. And that has created a big debate over the last several days, uh, particularly over the weekend on the various national talk shows, but even continuing today, I think I saw the uh, Secretary of Commerce interviewed about this, about why. Uh, why were there relatively few jobs created? Relative, uh, relative, I mean, relative to what people were expecting. What were the reasons for that? And a lot of reasons have been uh, posited. One, that people may be still fearful to go out looking for jobs because they know COVID is out there. They don't want to go into a, a building they're not familiar with or meet with an employer. Uh, they, they're still fearful, and I think there are people out there still like that, although I do think it's been declining. Another reason given is that people are 
uh, people who want jobs have not been looking for jobs or trying to get jobs because they have to take care of their kids at home. Uh, a lot of a lot of children in the in the uh, in the country are not back in school. I think that uh, there are a lot of districts here in North Carolina where they are, but there are a lot of places in, in the country where that's not a, uh, happening. And children are at home. They're supposed to be learning at home, and um, there may very well be parents who say, "I can't afford to go back to work. I've got I've got to take care of my children here at home." So that could be another reason. The reason it's gotten the most important, most amount of uh, talk and discussion is whether the um, augmented unemployment compensation checks have had an impact. And, and let me let me back up. And Tom, you give me a warning when, I, when we go, need to go to break. Cause okay, since you, you had paused for a second, I'm, this I would can't. be a good time to take a break. Okay. You want to roll, so I'm just going to let you go. But <laughs> since, since we've, we've got a natural pause here, Dr. Mike Walden is talking about the recent unemployment figures and explaining that to us, and I have eagerly awaited this because I, I indeed, over the weekend, was slightly puzzled by exactly what what was going on, and and I I imagine I'm not the only one. Dr. Mike Walden, uh, Professor of Economics Emeritus of NC State University, is our guest, and we're going to pause right here and uh, hear some commercial messages, and then we'll be back right after this. Clock is clipping over to 20 minutes past 9 o'clock in the evening on WCPF Radio AM 680 FM 98.5, where you hear the Tom Kearney Show Monday through Friday from 9 until 10, and where this Monday night you're listening to Dr. Mike Walden appraising the economy is what is said on the schedule today, and he's been talking about the big issue of the last few days, and that is the uh, the un- unemployment and the failure for employment statistics to grow, and I interrupted him so we could we could do a little commercial break, and now I'm going to toss the ball back to him and let him run with it. And, Tom, I have to be honest, I checked the Reds' Pirates score, and the Reds are ahead 11-1 to 1 in the uh, in the. Oh, uh, well, uh, but, uh, I think the Pirates won yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they weren't they playing the Reds yesterday. Yeah, the Pirates, I think, um, I think the Reds and the Pirates are still respectable. Yeah. All right, back to my story, Tom. And... Um, so, so we've had this situation where we had job gains in April, but they were well below the expectation, and the question is why? What's going on? The most controversial uh, answer is that um, people are not seeking, some people, some people are not seeking out jobs because they can actually make more money being unemployed. Now, you might say, how can that happen? Well, well unemployment systems are run by each state. Each state has different rules. If each state has different amounts, it was decided a year ago when we had the first stimulus package that the federal government would augment those unemployment compensation checks. In fact, the first uh, stimulus package had a $600 a week augmentation from the federal government. In other words, if you were unemployed, you'd get whatever the state was giving you plus $600 a week. Now, the subsequent uh, updates to those have made that amount lower, and I think right now it's uh, the augmentation or the supplement is $300. But still, if you do the math and you look at someone who is making around minimum wage, um, you can come up with situations where the individual was getting is getting more staying unemployed than they are employed. Now, technically, to get unemployment, you have to you have to be looking for a job, but there probably uh, there's probably some uh, falling through the cracks there. So uh, this has gotten political. And of course, I never get I never get political. But if you watch the um, various um, interview shows, the 
Republicans in general have said, yes, this is a problem. Democrats, particularly in the Biden administration, have said, no, it's not a problem. There's no evidence that, that uh, from studies that this, this occurred. They were actually right that as the Biden administration people were right. If you look at the history of studies on this, you, you find um, very weak evidence that um, the, the so-called generosity of unemployment compensation systems would deter people from, from um, looking for work. However, uh, that was the case until just this, I think it was, I'm looking at the paper here. Yeah, this paper came out in March of 2021. This is a paper that is, uh, uh, has used data in the COVID-19 recession. These other papers I'm referring to did research on this from years back. This is a, a paper using current data, and by paper I mean a research paper, and it's put out by the National Bureau of Economic Research. Now, just a little bit on, on them. They are the oldest economic think tank in the country. They go back to the 1930s, very, very well respected, not considered political at all. If you're a, a professional economist and you get invited to be on the editorial board of the National Bureau of Economic Research, that's almost as, that, that's just a step lower from getting a Nobel Prize. Uh, this is a very, very respected uh, organization. <clears throat> so they have a, a new research paper, I have it right here in front of me, that, that, and I won't go into details, but they did find a link between the generosity of um, unemployment compensation and the willingness of someone to go out and apply for jobs. And in fact, I'll just give you one mathematical finding here. They found that for every 4, 4% increase in the, um, in the generosity of, uh, of, uh, of the unemployment compensation, uh, there was a uh, 26% decline in, um, in job applications. So, so there is some evidence there, and this is not to say that everyone who uh, is unemployed is, is, is doing this, uh, there are, because there are other factors that I just mentioned before. But I do, I do think this is one of those. This is one among many that can explain maybe why we're seeing a lot of people. And I've had, uh, when I give uh, public talks to various groups, which I'm still doing, and, and of course they've all been uh, through uh, virtual, I have a lot of businessmen ask me, gosh, I just can't find people to work. I, I was able to reopen my restaurant, and I just can't find people to work. This could be one of the reasons, but there could be many others. The ones I mentioned before, people afraid to go out and, and interview and write out and go and get up and do an application. People have to take care of their children at home. Or in some cases, um, the, the specific characteristics of a job has changed uh, from what it was pre-COVID, and, and many people perhaps who who um, worked in a particular job now find maybe they don't have the right skills. This is, this is something economists have warned about. So, so I, I guess my conclusion here would be of all the potential reasons why that job numbers came in low, all of the re potential reasons seem to be valid, including this one on unemployment. And I, I don't want to make a big deal about this because this is one month. My, my suspicion is that it is if the generosity of the unemployment um, compensation, which indeed, which indeed will run out, I believe, in, in September, uh, I think this, if it does have an, an impact, and, and this related research seems to think it does, I think it will probably dissipate over, over time. So, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, that's Walden's two cents on this controversy. Well, it may turn out that... Uh, uh, some of the people who 
I'm just pulling this out of the air, who are not going back to work, will seemingly be the victims of COVID isolation situation. And they'll go back to work just so they won't have to stay at home anymore. and be bored and so on. Yeah, and, and the last thing I would say, is that this is not me blaming anyone. If, if, if you, if, if you, if person's in the situation where they look at what they can get on unemployment and it's more than what they get by working, given whatever their skills are, I, I perfectly understand someone saying, well, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with unemployment as long as I can. I, I mean, I perfectly get that and understand that. And I do think the the um, extra payments a year ago when we were, we were, we didn't know what we were looking at. I mean, we're, we were looking at in April, that was just absolutely devastating, April of 2020, 20 million jobs lost. And so the first stimulus package included the stimulus checks as well as this augmentation on employment as well as other things. I mean, I think that was all very, very reasonable to do, given the fact that we didn't know when this recession would end. Now, fortunately, the COVID-19 recession, although there's been no official call of it, appears to have been very short, very, very deep and very short, because we've actually seen economic growth since last May. We're not back to where we were pre-pandemic, but as long as we're growing technically, at least in terms of economist uh, technicalities, we're out of a recession. Recession means you're going down, but as long as you're coming up, then you're out of the recession. But being out of a recession doesn't necessarily mean that you're back to where you were pre-recession, although I do think we're fairly close to getting there. Uh, I assume that the feeling is, is that generally the stimulus packages worked uh, not only socially, and that is people, you know, obviously if somebody doesn't have a job, that that that, a, that fulfills the need there, but economically and, and helping to prime the pump in the, in the, in the economy. Well, in fact, Tom, that's a very, that's a very astute observation, um, uh, and, and uh, two things on that. One, I've, I've done some reading, uh, a lot more reading recently on the um, 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 Spanish flu of 1917 to 1919, which was the worst pandemic, actually it's, it's the worst pandemic, uh, COVID-19, in terms of deaths or deaths per capita, it hasn't come, come close to it yet. But there were no stimulus packages. In fact, there were no forced shutdowns. I mean, we were in a different era then, and, and people just, just had to cope. And one of the byproducts of that is we had uh, many, many more deaths and a lot more trauma. So I think early on, uh, there was probably advice given to our decision makers that we don't want to go through that again. Um, 100 years ago, we were, this, we're a wealthier country, we're a richer country. We just we don't tolerate that kind of that kind of um, uh, trauma to people and adversity to people. So, yes, I think you're right that the the stimulus packages, especially the first one and the second one, I think they did a lot to keep the economy up. And my second point is that right now there's a lot of talk among economists of whether the last stimulus package, whether that was maybe one package too much, that, that the concern among some economists, not all, it's hard to get all economists to create anything, but the concern among some economists is that the federal government has pumped, pumped so much stimulus and might, into I the economy. We need to stop here because okay. we need to take a break, but we'll come back to this and the Colonial Pipeline right after we check the news. Uh, it's a little bit of in real time radio. And before we go back to Dr. Walden, this is the point where we usually do a little promoing tomorrow night. It's going to be a nostalgia night. We try to have one of those every week or two. And uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, I was meditating on the, the eternal verities over the weekend and got to thinking about hamburgers. And so uh, 
uh, saw a thing about White Castle, and uh, you'll see where that fits in if you tune in tomorrow night, and we'll, we can ask you to offer, because it's an open phone night, your, your hamburger story. And did you ever go to a White Castle? You might have gone to a Crystal hamburger place if you were in somewhere in the South. But uh, share your memories of, of how the world of hamburgers changed. Wednesday night, Bob Chandler, who knows all about things that have to do with Apple and Macintosh and so on. He's a part of the management of Make Vantage and a frequent visitor to our program and knows about that kind of computer engineering will be our guest. And um, Thursday night, uh, since this is uh, Hurricane Preparedness Week, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service will be here to run down the things you can do to get ready for what may be occurring. And the word is that we may have an extremely active hurricane season, more so even than last year, this year. So you will want to tune in. And Friday night will be, of course, Friday night trivia. But tonight, Dr. Mike Walden, professor of economics emeritus at NC State, still professing, and he probably always will be. And we're glad for that because he visits us, and I hope will continue to visit us. Dr. Walden, you may have a little bit more that you want to offer. Well, first of all, Tom, I, you, you, you uh, mentioned White Castles, and given I'm from the Midwest, Ohio, uh, we had White Castle, White Castles all over uh, the Cincinnati area, and I and I, I have to tell you that when I was uh, in college, I worked at a uh, furniture store in the warehouse. I worked 20 hours a week and, and uh, going to school and ROTC, so I was a busy guy. And, and my, my, what I'm leading up to is uh, I would um, have dinner uh, at the furniture store at night uh, just by myself, and for dinner I would usually get seven, seven White Castles. How many, seven? Seven, yes. Okay. They, well, for those who do not know, White Castles are miniature hamburgers, yes. and they're they're square, I believe, if yes. I remember correctly. Yeah, they're on a, like a um, almost like a Danish roll, I guess I'll call them. Very, they're very good. And, and yeah, I don't, they're, think, they're, I don't they're, think I've seen White Castles in the South. That, I don't think that was the first chain of for hamburgers yeah, yeah, in the United yeah. States. And, but they're and yeah, the Crystal very, Burger very delicious. is the, very delicious. Crystal Burger is the southern version of that. In fact, ah, okay. the singer Crystal, uh, whatever her name is. Uh, well, the History Channel had a series on food that made America. And right. Actually, that's where the, I saw one that. One of their episodes was on yeah. White Castles and um, uh, which what the other part of that was. These were these were these were oh uh, uh, Nathan's hot dogs, and these were companies and right. businesses that preceded the big chain, the Burger King. And that's the part I saw where I saw the end of the White Castle report yeah. and the beginning of. The guy who established Nathan's Hot yeah. Dogs, and yeah. uh, I've had a lot of time in my life that I was hard for me to choose. But I, I actually like hot dogs a lot. I, oh, I do too. I do too. I'm, That's Mary, my wife Mary. She she'll take a hot dog over a hamburger any day. Yeah. Yeah. My sister used to get the hamburgers, and I got the hot dogs. And well, uh, uh, next topic: quality of pipeline breach. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's okay. Um, this, uh, of course, here we are. We were humming along. Now, gas prices have been going up. If people paid attention, I think they're up about sixty cents a gallon this year, and and that's that's due to everything in economics, of course, is supply and demand. But as the economy is recovering, uh, more people are driving to buy more gas, um, and we've. Uh, We've not seen the supply of, of gas, or which, of course, is dry from oil, go up commensurately. The, the Saudis and the Russians, are they've eased up a little bit, but they're not, uh, uh, they're not back to where we were. So we've been, we've been seeing rises in gasoline prices. And then 
at this situation with the Colonial Pipeline, and, and just to give a little background, um, this is a pipeline, this is a fuel pipeline that comes up from the Gulf of Mexico, goes all up the East Coast, supplies 45% of the fuel on the East Coast, things like uh, gasoline, uh, uh, home heating oil, um, uh, jet fuel, etc. And there was a ransomware, I guess it was, I guess it's thought that it was ransomware attack uh, that uh, caused it to be shut down. And um, that's where we are right now, and the concern is that this goes on for a while, a while being what I've read longer than a week, um, we'll, we will see the impact of the pump because there just won't be as much gas for people to buy and people still want to buy. So in economics, when more people want to buy vis-a-vis how much there is to sell, the price is going to go up. Now, the one good piece of news I saw today, and I forget where I saw this, Tom, is that I read, I read, I think I just saw a headline that experts, I think it said something like, experts think Colonial Pipeline may be back on by the end of the week. So if that, if that happens, if it's just a week-long event, which by Friday would be, that would be good. Um, I think the lesson here is it shows how we all, we, the United States, uh, whether public sector, private sector, are vulnerable to these kind of cyber attacks and um, uh, probably need to pay more attention to what we can do to prevent those. You know, uh, I'm sorry um, to, to ring a negative, and I certainly won't don't want the, the pipeline to be out any longer than this week if they can get it fixed. And, and I, I want to want you to tell me if you can who who is holding us ransom. But but the the uh, the, uh, the 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 pipeline. Uh, well, I, we'll we'll just go back to that. I'll, I'll, Bring back that thread before, but do they suppose that it's Russia or the Chinese or? Well, I don't know. In fact, the president spoke on this. It was I think today, uh, and he he said that uh, as far as his security people told him, no, it's not the Russians behind this. That it, that it may be, it's probably private. The, I don't know if the president. This, these were his exact words, but I think the the conclusion would be it would some be someone private, not affiliated with a, a foreign power. Um, um, I think the president did also allude, however, that uh, there, are, there are these private companies that operate in, out of Russia, and he would like the Russians, if, if it was one of those, to, to take action against them. Um, and, of course, it could be other foreign powers, Russia, besides Russia. But um, I haven't seen anything publicly that definitively says who this was. Well, I had gotten lost on this, and so I asked my our producer, John, who usually keeps up with things, and, because I wanted to know if it's ransomware, the implication by using the word ransom is they want something yeah, before they money. restore right. it, and, or if they're just hacking, they, they do something and run away, so to speak. And, yeah, I, I think at least at least as of maybe 12 hours ago when I read it, I think the general conclusion was it was, it was uh, private hackers who want money, but that's, of course, the subject to... Okay, Dr. Mike Walden is our guest, and uh, this this Monday night on the, the Tom Kearney Show, and uh, there were about three or four days when I could not, uh, while I was waiting for my evening repast, I could not turn on the television and miss the word Apple. Uh, <laughs> this was a couple of weeks pa- past, and uh, well, we all know what that's about, and uh, I would like your appraisal of that, Dr. Walden, the, the arrival. Well, yeah, what one appraisal is. You know, I've, I've read two books about the North Carolina economy, the past and, and, and the present and future North Carolina economy, and both published incidentally by UNC Press, if anyone's interested. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that um, that I thought of when I heard the announcement about Apple was, gosh, this just this is another indicator of how much the 
North Carolina economy has changed. Tom, given that you were born here and raised here, and I've been I've been here 40 years, but I'm not a native. Uh, I would think this would have a lot of impact on you, and also you're the historian. And when I came here in 1978, we were still a state largely uh, based on the, what was what what was commonly called the Big Three: tobacco, textiles, and furniture. Uh, we didn't we didn't really have a uh, I think we just had an, maybe an embryonic tech sector. And uh, same in the pharmaceutical area, et cetera. Uh, we hadn't gone to nationwide banking, so although Charlie, Charlie had a lot of banking, their, their purview was pretty much local. And now, look, 40, 45 years later, uh, we're getting an announcement that one of the largest, if not the largest, tech company in the world, Apple, is going to invest a billion dollars in, in the Raleigh area, in the uh, RTP, actually, I guess technically, tri- Triangle area billion-dollar facility. Uh, they're going to have, um, I think it's 3,000 jobs, direct jobs, uh, paying, I think, an average of $187,000 per job. I mean, that's enormous. Um, when you when you look at the, the secondary effects, the so-called multiplier effects, you probably will end up with 6,000 jobs and probably pumping uh, over a billion dollars a year of, of consumer spending into the, into the local economy. I mean, this, this is simply enormous. Uh, now, there are incentives involved. Uh, I mean, it's unlikely a, a company this size and this kind of investment, uh, and I'm going to explain what those mean, but uh, I think the incentive package is about $800 million over 37 years, and what that means is that Apple will pay taxes, uh, state taxes, but then each year they'll get some of those taxes uh, back, uh, a refund, if you will. And that's, that's um, I know a lot of people don't like that, but that's the, the world we live in where you're going to attract a company like that. You're going to have to cough up some, some money. Um, so this is going to further, uh, further solidify the fact that the Triangle is a major tech center. Uh, it's interesting, just on a broader sense, that we're, we're starting to see, I think, the tech sector uh, move out of Silicon Valley, or at least diversify out of Silicon Valley. I mean, there's been a lot of movement toward Texas and now us. Uh, of course, um, Amazon went to uh, Washington, D.C. after being uh, not being able to get a site in New York City. So this sector seems to be geographically diversifying. Now, quickly... Um, People who worry about people who live in Raleigh now and say, "Hey, we already got too much traffic. We already have too much pressure on housing prices, land prices." This is always obviously going to exacerbate that. And one thing I'm going to be interested in seeing is how much, how many of the jobs at the at the facility in RTP might be able to be worked remotely. If that's the case, that'll take pressure off of commuting and off of housing prices because if you work remotely, you can live pretty much anywhere. Uh, but clearly there are going to be challenges in the public sector, particularly regarding both uh, transportation and, and housing. We need to take a break now, Dr. Walden, and I'll just throw a couple of monkey wrenches into anything. And just for the record, now you don't you don't have to take notice of them, but one is that uh, Amazon, it seems like, is coming, still coming too, not, not at the size of Apple. And uh, also... Uh, the word that uh, the, that it pops up in some of the president's programs has is a word that might might come into play here somewhere, and that is the, the word infrastructure, uh-huh. uh, because uh, 
we're going to have to have highways, we're going to have to have electric power, et cetera, and so on. Right. So it's going, it's going to be, it's like medicine. We have to remember their side effects, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But in any event, uh, we'll be back with Dr. Mike Walden right after he hear these messages on WPTF. We've got Dr. Mike Walden telling us what he thinks is going to happen on the economy, and uh, uh, I'm listening, and I hope you are. Uh, Dr. Walden appears with us about this time of the month. We don't have a set day. Uh, Dr. Walden, do you remember when we had you on the second Tuesday of every month, and that meant every July you had to be on the night of the All-Star game? I said, oh, yes. <laughs> so yeah, we had to change that. That's That's for me. Sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> but Dr. Walden, is it the Cincinnati Inquirer? Is that the newspaper yes, in Cincinnati? Yes, uh-huh. Right, I bet you read that every morning to keep up with the Reds and so on. Uh, well, online, yes, yes. Online. Yes, uh, I, I've gotten today, and then we'll get back to the business at hand, where I have to find my standings in the MLB website uh, because yeah, the newspaper. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm still, I still love uh, paper. I mean, I, I, I don't get the Cincinnati Enquirer as a hard copy. I do get, I do get three other papers, including the NNO. Still uh, like to have in my hands, like to. Clip things. I'm a big uh, article clipper. Uh, yeah. Mary, Mary well, was mad at me, and she'll say, "You clipped that before I had a chance to read it." Well, I want to make sure I get it. <laughs> well, both I and particularly Mrs. Kearney, she likes to do the do, do the puzzles, and I like to read the comics and stuff like that, and keep up with sports and the, the local stuff. Yeah. And so we like to have the uh, tactile. I think is a word it might apply here. We like to and feel in a local. You mentioned uh, right before we went to the break, the Amazon. Coming. Uh, in fact, today they announced Amazon announced a big warehouse investment in Johnson County. I think five hundred jobs. Good thing about that is that I order books from Amazon, and I it's getting too. so the time between when I yeah. order them and when they appear is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. And so that, you know, they they've got their own trucks now. They've skipped. They do. They do. They skipped the the, the Mercedes. That most of them are Mercedes. Probably a good choice, to, uh, you know. In and terms I think they just want well, to go to all uh, all electric at some point. Yes, and I, I'm uh, I read something today about uh, the uh, Ford people are putting it. You know, their, their F-150 is one of the most popular uh-huh. vehicles ever made in terms of sales, uh-huh. and, and and they're going to they're putting out an electric version of it. And, I was talking to the guy from King's Auto who was on with us. About, it worried me about torque, you know, whether, uh-huh. whether you could put a heavy load and get away. But he says, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, no problems. So I just want to, while we're on that topic, just, just uh, throw out one economic fact, and that is that, you know, economics is like, like a balloon. You push it one side or the other side will pop out. And regarding electric vehicles, which means batteries, that's going to put a lot of pressure on various kinds of metals. Um, copper, for example, and lithium. And lithium. lithium. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I read. I recently they, saw. I read there's a big controversy. I think it's Nevada of um, of uh, mining for lithium, and uh, in the process of doing that, this is in Nevada where water is very scarce. It'll take an enormous amount of the water table. So there are there are always pluses and minuses to everything. Well, just draw you a line about the hundredth meridian. And on the west side of it, the, the big problem is going to be water, and uh-huh. we can we can count on that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Okay, we've got some time to talk uh, a little bit about. Enough of my predictions for tonight. 
Yeah, we've got some time to talk about daycare and about taxes. From the yeah, and, and these are both related to uh, President Biden's, um, I think he calls it, uh, it's got America, I think American Family Plan, um, that is going to be, I don't know that it's formally been introduced. Um, and there are a lot of elements to this. I just want to talk about a couple. One of the things the President wants to do is provide more help to families with children, particularly families who are putting children in daycare so that both parents can work, and that's certainly a lot of gold. I think he, he argues he'll save each family around $14,000 a year for families who have children in daycare. Now, this, I think, will only go up to, for children, I think it's under three or four, maybe before. One question that's been arisen, and I'm just throwing these things out for our audience to think about, is... Uh, we time for about one more question. What has been written about is that is this putting uh, is this putting more incentive for people to put children in daycare? There's no comparable relief for families who are who perhaps are not having both parents work, one parent there at home raising children. So uh, that that'll probably come up in the debate about this. Okay. And well, Dr. Warren, I, I, rather than get started on something else and have to interrupt it in the middle, and so we can meet our deadlines, which you know we have to do in the broadcast. Oh yeah, I right? know you do. I, I, I push those buttons uh, a time or two. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you, yeah, that's the thing I, I, I remember that you, you you did this. You were after my job, is what I thought. So I had to <laughs> well, it was, it was when they were between hosts in the afternoon. I think they oh. were on a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I remember, and you did you did a great job though. Man. Dr. Margon, he's still, he's still doing a great job apprising us of what's going on with the economy, and he has been our guest tonight. Dr. Walton, I may talk to you one more time tonight if, if you have a second to okay, sure. after, after we go off the air tonight. But Dr. Mike Walton has been our guest tonight, and we appreciate his being with us and straightening us out of the economy. Once again, tomorrow night we will have a nostalgia night, and we're going to talk about hamburgers and the growth of fast food. The, the first chain was the White Tower. And the first uh, one of the first chains was the A and W root beer stands, which of course they didn't sell food at that time; they just sold root beer. But we'll talk about both of those and get your stories along those lines. And on Wednesday night, we're going to talk about Apple and things that uh, that have to do with Apple. Bob Chandler, who knows all about that kind of stuff, will be our guest. Right now, we're going to leave you and invite you to stay tuned for the news, check on the weather, and all of that kind of stuff, and uh, then we'll continue through the night.